Welcome to the Empowered Movement Podcast. My name is Dr. Emily Rausch, and I am here to share the ins and outs about the body and pole dancing. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode. I am here with the amazing Tina Gallagher. Tina is an author who writes about pole dancers. I'm going to let you like introduce yourself in a moment, Tina, but I'm like literally just obsessed <laughs> because I started reading one of your books and the like intersection of, I'm sure there's probably like real life ties to it, pole, love, sex. I'm obsessed. <laughs> I literally am obsessed. But anyways, can you give the people a little quick intro or long intro? About me? Um, About you. My name is Tina Gallagher. Um, I'm a I'm a romance author. Um, thankfully, since two thousand May of two thousand twenty, I'm full time author, which I'm I'm loving. Um, yeah, I kind of write what I know, so there definitely is real life ties. Um, my first series was a baseball series, and I played baseball and then softball through college. Um, it only seemed right that you know a couple uh, back in two thousand eighteen, I started doing pole dance, and I was like, I got so inspired by the pole dance studio by the people that I. Um, you know, do pole dance with, I was like, my next series is going to be about a pole dance studio and kind of showing those um, connections between the people and, and the kind of the body positivity aspect of it. And um, yeah, so that's how I love it. I do that. Yeah. <laughs> and you live all Pennsylvania. I live in Scranton, Pennsylvania, which fans of the office are usually very excited by. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Which, yeah. And that's why I actually um, decided to do the pole, the, the pole series is, uh, set in Scranton, which has been a lot of fun, um, you know, looking around and kind of, you know, putting places in it that are, are local. Uh, so it's been, it's been fun doing that. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah. And how long have you been pole dancing? Um, since, uh, 2018, I would say like May of 2018. Yeah. And then I had a little bit of a lull during the pandemic, obviously. Uh, <laughs> and then in June of 2020, I got my own pole. Um, so the pandemic kind of spurred that. So that's, yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty, a pretty classic story that I hear of like when people started right around like 2018, 2019 yeah. was the like up and then obviously COVID yeah. interrupted a lot of things. And I feel like people either like fell off and came back like once their studio opened or they're like, I'm buying a home pole. Like yeah. there's no way I can make yeah. it without having access to it. Yeah. Yeah. And it stinks because it's, you know, like anytime you take off, it's like your mind thinks that you could do what you did when you left off and your body's like, oh, hell no. And I'm like, and you know, and I'm older, I'm an older polar, as I say, like, so it's just, it's just, it's a bad recovery time. It's just like, oh my gosh, I'm you're, you're working on a move and it's like, I'm going to pay for this tomorrow. <laughs> Oh gosh. As I, um, I literally like struggling to go up and down my stairs today because I squatted on like Sunday, I think. Um, and I like overdid it. So like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I literally am like waddling right now. It's not, not a good look. Um, so you started in 2018. Mm -hmm. What has your, your pole journey looked like? Um, well, I, I went, uh, and, you know, I, I, I had gone years ago, I was doing yoga and my yoga instructor actually opened a pole studio here. And I said to her, you know, yoga has helped me get, you know, I couldn't even touch my knees, never mind my toes when I started doing yoga. I'm like, yoga has helped me get flexible that way, kind of forward, but it's really not helping me backward like that, you know? And I'm like, well, pole helped me with that. Cause I had seen videos of people, you know, going back and like whatever. And she's like, oh, absolutely. And so I went to a couple classes, um, back then. And that was like 2000. I would say 14, 15. And then I was having some health problems. And so I was like, I stopped doing that. I stopped doing everything kind of. And then um, in like 2018, I was at a writer's retreat with a friend of mine and uh, she was like, she's, she's my age. And she was like um, about going, she's going to pole dance. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I kind of forgot about that place, whatever. So I started going then and it started off, I think like most people do, you know, you go and I went in my like the most I could be covered in, right? I went in my like tank top and my softy shorts and, you know, like, and, um, you know, kind of doing that. And I went once or twice a week. And then it got to the point where, you know, you're wearing the little, you know, I'm online ordering the little pole shorts and tops and, um, you know, uh, going, you know, four or five times a week, taking, you know, three classes a night, you know, three classes in a row between flexibility and bar, you know, they had, they have a good variety of classes between, you know, they had a flexibility class and, uh, uh, they call it booty bar. (laughs) So bar class, which, which that was like the worst class, I think the bar class, but, um, so they had a bunch of classes. So then like I said, I was taking, you know, 
I was going there four or five times a week, taking two to three classes, a, you know, a, a night. So, uh, you know, if I, by the, by the end, by the time the pandemic came and they closed down, if I just went for one class, I was like, I felt like I was being cheated. Like I felt like, Oh, like you did nothing, you know, like, Oh, wait a minute. I'm leaving now. It's only been an hour. I don't know. So that, you know, it, it kind of happened from there. I love it. And you write about your pole journey as well. Do you have, um, I guess like, what would you say your real life experience into your books? Like how much do you translate? Um, my, you know, there's, I would say there's more, um, like the characters are actually inspired by people that I know, which is, it's, it's definitely a, it's a struggle to not make it basically a biography of that person. Like, you know, like foul pole, which, you know, I don't think you've read yet that, um, that started off with, you know, my friend, Anjanette, who actually wanted the character to be named Anjanette. I'm like, what do you want me to name this character? It's gonna be, Cause she's just such an awesome person. She's a theater major and she's so inspirational and, 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 you know, she's a great instructor. And so, you know, I put a lot of her personality into it, but then a lot of, um, you know, I, I would say what, what I put in my pull journey is that, um, how she treat, like, how do I say this? Like how she treats the students, like how, like how I felt as a student, like to show how she's teaching, if that makes any sense, like, you know, and then also, you know, obviously I know the moves and the, the pain, (laughs) the things like that. So, um, you know, now the uh, thick girls pull, you know, I am a bigger, a bigger person as is my friend who the Kira is based off. And, um, you know, I, I think that has more of me in it just because of, you know, I say how, you know, pull helps you accept your body for, you know, its strength as opposed to what it looks like. And, um, you know, the pull studio was, a, is, or I should say is a safe place. Like, you know, you know, I never felt, you know, planet fitness says it's the no judgment zone, but it is. And like, I really feel like the pull studio is not like, I don't think no matter what you do, no matter how bad you look doing it, or like, I mean, you know, when you struggle through a move, everybody's there clapping just cause you did it or just cause you tried to do it. Or, you know, it's so I, I think I kind of put that in, you know, from my, my point of view, my experience. I love that. Yeah. I love that you're writing not only from like a first person just writing about pole, because I think that's like super amazing, but then also that you're incorporating like being thicker, being plus size, curvy pole dancer. I know that is, um, I'm trying to think of like the way I want to say this. Like, I feel like a lot of people have the perception that like being a smaller pole dancer means that you're a better pole dancer or it's easier for you. And there are aspects like, don't get me wrong, that like living in a smaller body would make some things easier. What has your individual journey or the people around you looked like being a, like a thicker pole dancer? Um, well, it's really funny because my friend Megan, who Kira is based off of, um, you know, and she's a thicker girl and we both had trouble inverting. And, you know, they were of the, you know, thankfully the studio I went to is not of the mind of like, you're going to jump up into it where they want you to develop your muscles. And so you can pull yourself up and so you don't get hurt. And so I'm like, I can't, you know, like it, it, but it took me a long time to climb. It just took me longer. But I think that's a combination of being bigger, being sedentary for a while and being older, you know, I'm, I'm 53. So I was 40. 49 when I started, um, you know, most of the, the people that I'm taking pole dance with are my kids age. Like, so it's like, it's interesting. It's an interesting dynamic or they're in their early thirties. So it is, it is different. It does make a big difference. I, I feel. And, um, so I remember we went to the, um, the pole dance, um, the PSO in Philadelphia, the pole dance sport organization. organization yeah. yeah, We went to that in, um, in, in Philly back in 2019, I think it was. And, yeah, it was definitely, it was 2019 and Megan and I are sitting next to each other and there's this woman gets on the stage and she starts competing and she was bigger than both of us. And she's inverting all over the place. She's doing shoulder mounts. She's doing all this stuff. And I looked at Megan, I'm like, it's not, it's not our fat asses. It's the, <laughs> we just need to get stronger because this girl was like, I, I think she could have climbed up, you know, on one hand, like she could have just like pulled herself up the pole. It was amazing. But I, you know, I feel, you know, again, I don't, I don't know if it's uh, I think it's just a matter of. I think if you develop those muscles, I think no matter what your size is, you can do it. You just have to develop as you know, you know, you do pull it's, they're definitely different muscles. I mean, when I started doing, I'm like, what is this pain? I've never heard here before. What is happening? Um, so you're definitely using and working different muscles. So I think that as long as you, again, develop them and, and I think a lot of it is, um, there's technique and grip that 
help help as well. So I, I think I, you know, I think I could do what everybody else does. It's just, I, I agree. It probably makes it easier when you're, you know, you're tiny and a hundred pounds, but <laughs> yeah. and 20 years old. <laughs> oh God, that too. Right. <laughs> and there's one thing I wish I could like kind of change about my pole journey is starting earlier. Yes. Like I agree. Yeah. Being a little bit more flexible, being a little less like apprehensive about yeah. like trying yeah. things. And also I honestly, like, I'm sure you get this all the time. I never would have guessed that you were in your fifties. I was oh, like, well, thank you. <laughs> you're talking about how you're an older polar. Yeah. I'm like, I'm pretty sure we're like yeah. the same age. No, and- well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm getting ready to turn 34 in a few weeks which I'm yeah excited yeah. for, but that's not the point of it. Yeah. What, what advice would you have for like a plus size polar or curvy thick, whatever word you would use mm-hmm. to, to describe yourself, a beginner polar coming into a space and trying to navigate being around people that may be younger or smaller, more fit than you are. I mean, just, just do it and just keep showing up. I like, that's the biggest thing. And don't be intimidated by, you know, cause everybody starts at the same place, you know, it, it's, I mean, very few people come in, you know, knowing exactly what to do or are doing it perfectly and no matter their size, no matter their age, you know, cause it is a, it's a learning experience is it, you know, and it, and so I think, you know, just keep showing up and, um, you know, hopefully, you know, I, I hope all pull studios are as awesome as the one I go to because, and the, the people are, you know, so awesome because again, there's no judgment. Everybody's just there like hoping that you succeed and, you know, kind of put your embarrassment aside because nobody's like your, your body issues are kind of in your head. Like nobody's looking at you and going, Oh my God, look at her stomach hanging out as she's like hanging, doing a back, bend, you know, back lay like, or whatever. Nobody's looking at that. They're looking at your form and trying to help you make sure that you're not hurting yourself or wh- whatever. That that's the advice I would have. Just kind of just do it like Nike, <laughs> like Nike. Make I Nike, love it. Just do it. And then I also feel like adding that they're probably based on some of the interactions I've seen from people on social media. Um, there probably are studios that are not the most welcoming mm-hmm. to people that don't fit whatever they they yeah. want their standard to be but know that that's not like that's not normal and it right. shouldn't be normalized because right. there are a lot of depending upon where you live a lot of other studios that are like body positive that have their instructors go through certifications on how to work with all types of bodies so it's not like oh if you can't do this the one way because you have a different body type then that means I I can't help you. Right. Yeah. They would definitely show you because I mean, and that's the other thing, you know, you're look, and I think we tend to do it with everything. You look at other people and kind of judge yourself by what they're doing. But you know, I, you know, the one is like the one instructor, um, from the studio to like, like her legs are as long as my entire body. So obviously there are things that like look nicer and she, and you know, she's, you know, she's just built really nice and she's got these long legs that go on forever. So like when she's doing things like she looks amazing, you know, she just looks amazing. And like, I can't look at her and then look at videos of myself and be like, you know, because it's just, it, it is what it is kind of like you work with what you have and, you know, eventually you get the moves and you're not going to look like somebody else. You're going to look like you, you know? So Definitely. That's been something I've been talking. I teach a beginner pole class um, mm-hmm. and it's become my newest like repetitive thing of the way that it looks on me is not going to be the way mm-hmm. that it looks on you. And that doesn't mean that like my way is like the better way or your way is like the worst way because like we're literally just different people. Mm-hmm. So it's not, like it's not apples to apples. Just compare yourself to like previous versions of you. Right versus like yeah, yeah. people around that, you, which is so hard yeah that's one thing I also right going back to your question about what I what would I recommend to new pollers record yourself and I didn't at the beginning because I was like no way I am not recording myself this is horrible but once I did start recording myself which was kind of probably about six months into the journey I saw even in a few weeks like how much I improved on different things and you know how much you know, just, you could see things you're doing better, how your techniques are getting better. And you can see how, how much stronger you become, how, how things are, things are easier, you know, for you. So I think like definitely record yourself. Definitely. And I feel like that's something I wish, I wish more people were doing one recording themselves and then also looking at like their skill acquisition. Cause I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of people when it comes to fitness, and I don't know if the whole world's super tied to this um, as much where, um, they'll be like, oh, how has my body changed as I'm doing things, which right. is more like traditional, like gym fitness, but pole people I'm hoping are like, 
how can I move more efficiently or do I look more confident or is my technique getting better? Right. Right. Yeah. I think that's a a better way to, I don't know, your recordings. Yeah. And there's things that you don't notice too, like that. And and maybe if somebody points it out to you, like I, in my day job uh, before um, I worked at an HVAC company, you know, heating, ventilation, you know, so I worked, there was like three women in the office and like 30 guys. So it was like, definitely. So I was back in the, um, the warehouse the one time and I was getting it and I, it was the summer. So I had like a sleeveless top on and I was getting something off the shelf, like a, a part. And I reached up and I got it. And the one guy that I work with is like, Holy hell, like, look at your muscle, like, look at your muscle. And I like looked down and like, it was, it was like this little apple. I was like, Oh, and he's like, is that like, cause they all do. Well, most of them knew I was taking pole dance and they thought it was funny. And they, you know, like, Oh, really? You know, like, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, the reactions you get. And um, especially from, you know, men of a certain age and um so it was funny he's like look at like and so then that was the thing like, did you see Tina's muscle like <laughs> we should all you know kind of a joke we should all start taking pole dance I'm like yeah come on <laughs> yeah oh gosh that would be funny you write in your I think in your biblio what is the right like the summary of your book where you said pole dancing has helped you learn to like appreciate your body and mm-hmm. feel sexy is that something you feel comfortable just chatting a little bit more about? yeah definitely yeah Definitely. Um, yeah. So how, how has that helped you learn to appreciate yourself? Well, how to say like, I, I've always been a, a bigger girl, you know, bigger person. Um, you know, and so, you know, you, you always, especially as a teenager, you know, you compare, and it wasn't that I was like, you know, sitting home eating, you know, potato chips on the couch, watching TV all day. You know, I played softball, I played basketball, I ran cross country a couple of years. Like, you know, so I was always active. Um, you know, so for whatever reason, I've just always been a, a bigger person person. And so, but I, again, I just named the sports that I played. I never once took a dance lesson. I never, and I was never a girly girl. I was always one of the guys I played. I I was just saying to a friend yesterday, I didn't have a real female friend other than cousins and stuff that I hung around with until my freshman year in high school. And that was when I joined. And again, it was basketball girls. It was girls that I played basketball with and, you know, played softball with. Um, just because, you know, I played, I played little league, you know, with the guy, I was the only girl on the team. Like, so I always had guy friends. I was always one of the guys. So I was always like that, you know, more like not very, I would say feminine, but like the typical feminine, like I did dance, I didn't do that kind of stuff. So I didn't move that way. So like to start doing pole dance and have to like move my hips and do like just the sexy things that they do, you know, it was definitely learning experience for me and it was definitely different. But then once I started and it was all, it was uncomfortable. I mean, it was really uncomfortable at first. And, um, but then once I started doing it and started moving that way, it definitely became more natural. I mean, other than, you know, loosening up those muscles, you know, definitely came, became a more natural thing. And I found myself moving in different, you know, different ways. And it did help me, I feel like connect with that side of myself a little bit, um, which, you know, I, I, you know, I enjoyed, like, I'd never, like I said, I'd never done that before. I never moved that way before, never thought of myself that way before necessarily. It was, but it was, you know, it was, it was interesting. Like, you know, you know, in pole studios, there's mirrors everywhere. And like, remember like doing dance routines and like every once in a while, like catching a look at myself in the mirror, like, holy crap, that's me. (laughs) That's me. Holy crap. (laughs) So, yeah. And do you feel like that confidence um, has filtered out into like your day-to-day life as well? I do. I mean, I've always been a pretty confident person as far as like, if I'm interested in doing something, I don't think there's anything to stop me from doing it as long as I take the steps and learn how to do it. Like, I think I could do anything, most anything I set my mind to. Um, But I feel like that I, I, and I used to like laugh. I would say like, once I started doing pole dance, I'm like, like I could climb to the top of the pole. Cause I'm, t- when I'm telling you, it took me like almost three months to be able to climb to the top of the pole. I'm like, I, I, I have to admit, I discovered grip because they, okay. the, the pole instructor that taught the beginning class that I was going to at the time, she was like anti-grip and was like, you have to learn how to do it. But then as you know, a lot of it is just the feel like you have to get the the motion down or the feel or the, the, the feel of the grip. So I did, it was kind of a little bit of grip and a little bit of like where the instructor actually stood there and clapped my knees against the pole and was like, push up, clap my knees together, push up. Cause I wasn't, even though they were saying to do that, I wasn't necessarily doing that. Um, but I, you know, I do feel that I am like more confident and, um, just be, you know, because, because of it, like, I just, I just feel like, you know, like, because every, every little time you chip away at that stone of doing a different move or just getting through, getting through a class, as I would say, or, um, you know, I, I think, um, you know, I think, I think it definitely helps. 
your daily, you know, just day to day life. I completely agree. I feel like, um, one, the like tenacity that you have to have to yeah. be able to do some of the things on pole, like that, like I'm refusing to give up. I'm going to try, yeah. try something different, try again. Um, that can filter out into like how you make decisions in mm-hmm. your day to day life. Um, and then also for like myself personally, there's a lot of pole moves that are a little bit scary Yeah, and being able to kind of like sit with yourself and be like, I'm scared like want to mm-hmm. acknowledge that, but I also trust myself enough to try this. Right. And like, like scared and do it too kind yeah. of vibes um, has paid off like throughout my own personal life a lot where I'm like, I want to poop my pants. Yeah. <laughs> if I could, if I could like spin upside down on this yeah. like metal apparatus with yeah. just my like armpit holding me yeah. on, I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> like little, I will be yeah. okay. A little pad on the floor to catch me if I fall. That's about it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I love it. How did you get into writing? Kind of a shift from um, your pole journey. You know, it's really funny. I have um, always written, um, and I know a lot of writers say that I've always written. I've always written, but I'll say the I would say the the pivotal point. And this is really funny. My friend and I back in, um, I guess it was like middle. It would be middle school. I went to a Catholic school, so we went through eighth grade. So I would say it was you know I was in grade school, but it wasn't grade school. It was like sixth, seventh, eighth grade. So it was like more middle school. And we were into the soap opera Guiding Light, my friend Lori and I. We loved Guiding Light, and we loved these two characters, Quint and Nola. We love them. And every day, we, we were like pioneers. Every every day, we would write our own story about Quint and Nola. And in the next day in school, like, sw- swap them and read them. I really wish I had them still. I, like, I threw them away. They got lost in translation somewhere. It's lost in one move or another. But... um we were doing, like I said, we were pioneers of fan fiction, which is basically what is fan fiction now. But that's, we, we, and I'm telling you, we did that for probably three years. I think we did that until we went to high school and then we, we kind of stopped. And it's really funny because she also years ago published a romance, <laughs> published a romance novel. <laughs> and she's actually the one who I had stopped writing. I, I did that. And I always wrote little stories, little short stories through high school and whatnot. And, you know, then later I got married at kids. I stopped writing. I was always a big reader. And then um, I think Lori um, and I, we, we had lost touch and we kind of reconnected years later and she's like, so you're still writing. And I'm like, no, um, you know, but I, I, it's something I definitely want to do. And she was like, you need to join the Romance Writers of America. And this was back in like 19, my, my children were small. So it was probably 1998, 1999. And I couldn't do that at the time. Cause you know, it was just, the meeting was an hour away and it was just like, whatever. So I was in mom mode. So finally, I think, I think it was probably 2000 or 2001. I joined Romance Writers of America and I, and I kind of went there and kind of learned how to write the real craft of writing and how to, and of course at that time, the only way to find out about publishers and whatnot was um, kind of through them or through somebody, if you had an agent or something, I didn't. So I, they were giving like publishing guidelines and that kind of thing. So um, I learned there and that, that was kind of like my whole journey. And then um, 2007, I got published by a small press. I had six books published with them. And then decided, um, it, I was kind of at a crossroads because I really wasn't making a lot of money and doing it. And it was, you know, a lot of energy. My, my kids were still younger at that time. And then, um, I took a couple years off and then the whole indie movement kind of came about and that's how I got here. Okay. And what, what were you originally writing about? Um, same thing, like steamy romance. Um, uh, it was always steamy, steamy romance. Um, yeah, I, I, uh. That's kind of where it's kind of my wheelhouse is kind of where I where I tend to stay. Um, I always say I'm not imaginative imaginative enough to write like paranormal, and I don't have the discipline to um, fact find for historical romance. And I don't want somebody emailing me and telling me I had the you know I had a zipper in my story and the zipper wasn't invented yet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that that which, is very true. Which they do. So yeah. So um yeah, I wrote like steamy contemporary romance. Okay. And then was there like a, a theme with your life for those original books too, or? Just no, kind of like not really. I was just kind of, yeah, I, I like, I definitely have more, more structure at this point. The, um, um, the very first book in my baseball series, the Carolina wave series, which is called on the mend now. Um, it was my, the very first book I published, which was originally titled girls you marry. And, um, I basically took the book and rewrote it. And, and initially it was just in the female's point of view. So I added like the whole, the whole man point of view changed a whole bunch of things in the story and republish it as on the men. So it was basically probably 75 to 80% a new book. Um, so that was kind of like, a, a, he was a, a, a hurt baseball player. Um, but then the other books were just kind of like 
one was called Romance by the Book, and um, the woman is obsessed with this book that she loves the hero. She loves the hero in this book, and like, why is there a man like him? And then like, a man like walks into her office and like is basically that man, and she's like, what is going on? So that was like kind of um, interesting. Um, so yeah, so I didn't really have as much structure. I definitely, you know, writing in the series has definitely helped, you know, gain readers and and because um, if people like one book, they they tend to follow you to another one, especially if it's similar. You know, they get you know, a lot of them get lost in or get, get uh, connected to um, a, a world, I would say, like, you know, the world of the baseball players, like whatever. So. Yeah, no, people like to follow their, the characters yeah. too. Yeah. Right. And I know as a reader, I do, I mean, you know, I, one of my favorite authors is Susan Elizabeth Phillips and she has a series called the Chicago stars. And like, I can remember, you know, before I was writing even like being so excited when I saw characters from the previous books and like book book from book one and book three or four, like, Oh, they're, it's, if it's one line, Oh, that's what they're doing. Oh, they had a baby. Oh. So I try to like do that in my books, like at least mention the other characters without being redundant, <laughs> you know, at least okay. kind of throw them into a scene, which with the baseball team, it's kind of easy because they're playing baseball. So, you know, <laughs> they kind of have to interact. So. Definitely. Yeah. And the, the baseball series also has some pole intermixed and the, correct. Yeah, the, the final book of the pole series is titled Foul Pole. And that is actually between Ann Jeanette, who owns the pole dance studio, Peaches and Pole, and the catcher of the Carolina Waves, uh, the baseball series. So, um, yeah, that they kind of inter- intersect there. And then we move on to the Peaches and Pole series. Yeah. Okay. And is the Peaches and Pole, is that the Thick Girls Pole? That's Thick Girls Pole. Yeah, Thick Girls Pole is the first book in Peaches and Pole, in the Peaches and Pole series. Um, The second book should be coming out um, the beginning of February. Like next month? Next month, yeah, next month, yeah. You like how I say, should be coming out now. (laughs) I'm I'm finishing up, finishing it up now, and then have to send it to my editor, so. Okay. And then what's the, the process like once your editor gets in? Um, she edits it. It usually takes her about a week and then she sends it back to me. Um, I'm like, you know, a lot of writers, some, you know, one of the things people say with writing is like, just get it on the page. You can't edit a blank page. Um, through the years, I've gotten worse at that because I want it to be perfect the first time. So the good thing is that I have a pretty clean first draft. The bad thing is that it takes me longer to write than it takes more. <laughs> like it takes, okay. like, it still doesn't take like, it's not like it takes me a year to write it. It takes me like a month or two to write it, um, depending, but it takes me longer. But the good thing is the draft is cleaner. So it doesn't take, it doesn't take, like, I don't have to go on, you know, four or five passes of editing. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Do you find there's like inner or like overlap between how you write and like how you practice poll for yourself? Like, are you that same like perfectionist? Yes. Want to have a clean? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I want to have a clean. And I, you know, it's, it's, you know, I remember the first time I was in and we're talking, I'm going to, you you know, use the poll lingo, whether people know it or not. Um, You know, I'm trying to go into like from the Jasmine into a Superman. And which is just getting into the Superman is a painful process, as you know, like from wherever Mm -hmm. you're getting into it from. And, um, like I literally, like, I thought I was going to lose the skin um, off my inner thigh because I refused to stop because I was so close. And then, you know, it was getting to the point where like that, like my inner thigh was numb and it was all red from like, you know, my, the top of my thigh down to my knee, it's like bright red. And I'm like, it looked like I had a sunburn and I'm like, I really better stop because <laughs> I'm literally going to lose skin. Um, so yeah, I will keep trying something over and over and over and over again until I get it right. Oh goodness. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, that is, it's like a, a blessing and a curse. Yeah. The like one more time. Yeah. I'll try thing. one more time. <laughs> yeah. One more time. And then it turns into like 12 more times. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have to have that conversation with a lot of people because there's the like athlete brain and whether or not you consider yourself an athlete as yeah. a pole dancer is a very contentious thing. I can consider pole dancers to be athletes. Yeah. Um, the athlete brain of like, if I do it again, it will be better. Like, I'm yeah. not going to quit. Like, yeah. won't, you know, that drive, which is a really good thing to have. But then, like, from an injury reduction standpoint, you're starting to get tired. Your skin mm-hmm. is getting numb, all of that. And being able to balance the, like, that athlete brain and then your body. <laughs> it's very hard because I was raised during the, um, what's the, like, where, you know, you don't quit. Like you're, unless you're, unless you're bleeding out of your eyeballs or your arm falls off your body, you don't quit. And, you know, you keep going, keep going, keep going, which I know, you know, is not the necessarily how things are looked at now. Like you, I think athletes more so, or 
take care of their bodies now, especially from you like younger athletes, they do try to have them keep, you know, take care of their bodies um, a little bit more now where again, when I was raised, it was like, you don't stop, you don't stop, you don't stop. And so it is hard to kind of keep that in my brain, but I, I am a little more cognizant of it, especially, you know, and I, I, I don't want to keep bringing up my age, but like, I, you know, one thing I, I, I hate to use the word can't, but one thing I can't do, or I, I won't do anymore is a forward roll or a backward roll. It hurts my neck. And I mean, generally speaking, my neck bothers me anyway. And a lot of it's probably from the, my bad posture or whatever, but you know, my neck are, will bother me. And so I've tried it and I understand like I, the instruction, if you're doing it the right way, it doesn't hurt, but how many times you have to do it the wrong way before you do it the right way. So I'm doing it the wrong way over and over again. And it hurts. And like the one instructor who I, he, I, you know, he was a guy and, and he was just like, and I, and I said, well, I don't like doing, it was, I think it was a, a, a backward roll. And I'm like, I, and it was in the thing. And I'm like, I don't, what else can I do? Cause I don't do that. And I'm like, Anjanette usually gives me something else to do. She puts a roll in and he's like, well, if you're, and again, yeah, if you're doing it the right way, you can't. And I'm like, I understand this, but this was, it took me a while. It took me months to get to the point where I was like, you know what? No, I'm not doing it because it always hurts my neck. And finally I said to him, I forget what, I think I was 50. I was like, you know what? I'm 50 years old. There's really no reason I need to do a backward roll. Like I'm not getting paid for this. Like this is, this is supposed to be fun and this isn't fun for me. So it took me again, months to get to that, to get to that point where I say like, you know what? No, it hurts. Like that bothers me. And I'm going to like jack up my neck. And like, every time I'm doing this, like it's days, if not weeks where I'm like, like walking around, like with the stiff neck and, and I was working my day job at the time. So I'm like going to work, sitting at my, in my little cube, like, Oh my God, my neck is killing me. Pop an Advil, you know? So at least I've, I've grown a little bit where I've, I will say no. <laughs> no, no. So we've talked a little bit about what it's been like being um, like a plus size pole dancer, but mm -hmm. also being like an older pole dancer. And I don't know what the, if it's older or mature, what the yeah. phrasing that people use, how, what would you like say for, if we're just going to go like that demographic, because I know there are like, my mom has some like interest in taking classes, mm -hmm. but she's like 55 and she's like, I don't want to be the old lady in class. Like, I don't know if I'm able to do that. Do you have any advice for older pollers? Yeah. Like just do it. And again, like I was very fortunate because the class is like my, my pole studio is again, very inclusive. They're very, you know, very nice. And, but there was a handful who were, I wasn't the oldest at this. My friend, Amanda, who I said until she moved, she was like, she's a few months older than me. And then there was a woman who was like, I think two years older than me. And I used to say I'm like the old lady of the pole studio, but, um, the, my friend Megan refused, always refers to me as her pole mom. But like, I don't think one of the things was, is that I don't think, um, they didn't really know how old I was. I mean, obviously they knew I was older than them, but they didn't necessarily know how old I was. And then my, it's funny because my friend Anjanette said, oh, you have a youthful persona. I'm like, is that a way of saying I'm immature? Like laughing, you know, <laughs> but like, she's like, no, she's like, but you're not like, I, I also was not there like looking at them, like, or if they said, you know what I mean? Like I was just kind of there and kind of hanging out. Like it wasn't like, and I think, I think it helps with, um, like, you know, when you work at an office and you work with people of all different ages, but they're just your coworkers, it's not necessarily like, oh God, she's 25 or like whatever. So I don't think I treated them any differently and they didn't really treat me any differently. So I think if you, you know, you kind of go there and, you know, obviously when I first went into the studio, you're just kind of like in the corner by yourself because you don't know anybody and you're quiet. And then as you get to know people, um, I don't think it, like the age wasn't really a thing and nobody really questioned. I don't want to say it sounds stupid to say nobody questioned my age or nobody like, again, I think they obviously assumed I was older than them just because I look older than them. But like when I said something about like, I think it was like my daughter like being in college or my son being in college or something. And they're like, looking at me like, what do you mean your kids are in college? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's like, or, or I think my son was graduating college and, and I'm and they're like, cause I wasn't going to be in class. And they're like, what do you mean your son's graduating college? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, which I think is amazing. It sounds like you have a really great pole studio. Yeah. It is a great it studio. Yeah. It doesn't really matter what your background is, age or body shape, that things are just welcome. I find it, I think just like interesting to, for you to, or for people just to realize that like, if you are older and you don't have an extensive movement background or you haven't been moving like throughout your entire life, which tends to be the reality for most people is like, maybe they did sports in high school, maybe college. And then depending upon what their life looked like, they might have taken some time off mm -hmm. and then pole might have been like the movement that they find when their kids are older or like for whatever reason that there are going to be things like a, a forward roll or a backward roll that your body is just like no yeah and that's okay yeah 
Yeah. yeah. And there, there are things that I'm willing to work on. Like I, t- I took the flexibility class and I'll never forget like, you know, the pancake stretch going all the way forward. And I remember like my first couple of classes, I sat there with my legs, you know, barely spread and like putting my hands on the ground and was like, that was all I could do. But by the end, like I was flat on the ground, like boobs against the floor. And then I was able to even put blocks under my feet and go down, like get all the way down. So you know, baby steps, you do, like, there are certain things I think you can work on, like, the neck thing, I don't, like, I think, and that might be just, like, a, a a mental block of mine, but, like, I'm just, my neck just always, my neck is always bothering me, like, just, and, and, and now it's even worse, because I sit at the desk, like, writing all day, yeah, um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think you, you can overcome some, you know, you can overcome some things, and, you know, it, you just have to do it in little, you know, kind of take little steps and, and do, you know, you're obviously not going to walk in the studio doing things like the instructor does, but I know a lot of people will say like, you know, you know, my friends, cause you know, my friends are my age or older and they'd be like, when I started taking that, like, you know, my friends are like, Oh God, I'm too out of shape to do that. And it's like, well, how are you going to get in shape if you don't do it? Like it's, it's kind of sure. like a double-edged sword. Like, you know, catch 22, like <sighs> you're literally like, Oh, I'm too out of shape to do that. Or I'm too this to do that. Or I'm too that to do that. Well, yeah. Like, I mean, I'm not, you know, if I'm just like walking my neighborhood, I'm not going to be able to run a marathon, obviously. Like, so you, you, you've got to keep going and going and working at it and training. So, you know, you're not, nobody goes in, very few people walk into the pole studio being able to do everything. And if they, you know, even no matter what kind of shape they're in, because definitely, you know, no matter what kind of shape they're in, very few people, I don't know, you know, your experiences, but like even the, you know, the young ones, the skinny ones, the ones that are in shape, whatever, very few of them have walked into that studio being able to even climb the pole. As you can tell, I'm obsessed with climbing the pole. It took, me months, <laughs> it took me months to be able to climb the pole. But like they, you know, no matter what shape they're in, because it takes, you know, it takes a little bit of uh, practice. Definitely. And I, I want to make sure that I was clear on it because I feel like I could have, I could be misunderstood. I definitely believe what you believe. We're like practice, progress. Yeah. Even if you're older, your body can adapt. And it, yeah. research has shown that it can adapt like all the way into our 90s. So I'm not saying like, oh, if you're in your 50s, like cross things off your list. More where I was going with it is kind of accepting where your body is when you walk right. into the studio or like as you progress too, right? Because there's, I feel like in group settings, there's always a little bit of either comparison or like one upness mm-hmm. that happens, especially if you are like you come from like an athlete background. And if it's been like years, that drive is still in you yeah. where you're like, that person can do it. Yeah. I think I should be able to do more. And yeah. so I'm going to like push myself farther than I should right yeah. now. Um, and that it can work out. It can also yeah. re- result in you like not being able to move your body for a couple days because you push yourself too far I agree I mean but there you definitely have to you know but like you're saying like don't not do it just because you're not gonna be able to do everything like definitely you know take baby steps because again you're not there's nothing you're you're not gonna walk in there and be able to do you're able to do everything you're just not and it's especially if you haven't done things for a while it definitely takes time but like I said like with my pancake stretch or you know my pancake stretch like I got it I mean I was almost and I have literally never in my life been able to do a, a split side split definitely no middle split I feel like like a Barbie doll that you're gonna rip the legs off of and I've never been able to do a middle split but um my I was about like an inch from the ground in my regular, my side split and like a proper side split too, like not leaning forward or whatever, but sitting straight up. And I was in a, you know, about an inch from the ground. And I used to say to like the instructor, can you just like push me down? Like just push on my shoulder. So, and she's like, Nope, you got to get there by yourself. But again, I was, and I started off like barely, you know, barely in a split. So, I mean, there's, you know, definitely progress as you chip away at the stone, but again, that took like a year, you know, year, year and a half yeah. of consistent doing it consistently. Definitely. And that's, yeah, one of the, I guess my messages that I I like to try and tell people is like, you, you can do things if you give yourself, like you zoom out and look at like, what progress can I make yeah. in a year? What progress can I make yeah. over like months and months as opposed to, I don't know how many posts I see of people being like, I've been to three classes and I can't climb yeah. the pole or yeah. I've been taking classes for two weeks and I can't invert. And it's like, what in the yeah. world timeline are you on? Well, not other, a realistic one. The other thing too, is that like, wait, if you think about it, like 
again, depending on how many classes you take. And again, when I first started, I was going to, you know, one or two classes a week. And then I was like, well, I wanted to do, I, I really enjoyed it. And I wanted to do more and I felt better. So then I started going to more. And then the stronger you feel like, like when I first started, the thought of going to like two classes in one night was like, uh, uh-uh, it wasn't happening. And, uh, but you know, you kind of work your way up to that. But like, if you're only taking like one class, if you're going to one class a week, it's like going to one yoga class a week. Like it's really like pole dance between warm up and warm, you know, after class warm down, you know, whatever you call it. Um, you have, you might have 20, 20, 25 minutes on, on the pole itself. Like, so like if you're going to one class a week, it's going to take you longer to, to progress. So you have to look at that too. I mean, not that you have to go like I did, like a crazy woman, you know, five, you know, 15 classes a week or whatever it was to 10 to 15 a week. But like, you know, obviously the, the, the more you do it, I found that with people, like the more you want to do it. So it's like, you kind of go, you go more, but like, you know, you have to also, like you're saying, you're not going to be able to, I, you're not going to be able to invert and, and climb and do all this stuff. If you're going to one class, you know, it's definitely going to take longer. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of a balance of like not overdoing it. Yeah. Cause that, that tends to happen with people, yeah. but then not underdoing it. Yeah. Like there's a fine line Yeah. or like probably like a range, right. Of like what is productive, which will vary a little bit person yeah. to person. Yeah. And it helped me too. Like, as I said, my studio has different classes. So you weren't going, like if I was going to 15, 10 to 15 classes a week, they weren't all pole classes. They Definitely. were, you know, they were flexibility classes and then the, the booty bar class, which again, kicked my butt, but like every time, like, um, but, uh, so yeah, so that helped as well. Um, you know, and then the instructors would mix it up too, where some of the pole, they also had a pole conditioning class where you just went and you did a whole bunch of conditioning things. Um, and they would mix it up where, you know, sometimes you were working on different moves. Sometimes you were doing a dance sometimes, you know, so it wasn't the same thing over and over and over again. So you were, um, working different things and learning different things, which was good. I love it. Yeah. What's your future plans for your pole journey? Um, well, I need to start going back to class regularly. This two, I, I'm saying this year, and this is a whole new year. This is a whole new wonderful year. 2022 kind of uh, kicked my butt. My family life was it, personal life. There was a lot of things happening. My mother-in-law passed away. My husband got diagnosed with cancer. It was just, oh, it's I'm just, sorry. yeah. I mean, I'm saying it very flippantly, but it's it's not. Um, you know, my dad has dementia. It's just been, a very, it's been a very, 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 very bad year, or it was a very bad year. Um, as far as you know, mentally, uh, physically, being able to go to things. So I've been sporadically going, and thank. I do have the home pole because I can do stuff, but you know, you know, it's not the same as going to a class. There's definitely some kind of Zen is being in a class with people and doing it with people. Um, so my goal for this year is to definitely get to going to class more regularly. Like I used to before, you know, so many times a week setting my days of the week. Um, and that will also help me. Um, again, I, I'm, I'm writing now, um, at least when I worked in an office, like I was getting up regularly to go get stuff off the printer or go, you know, go, go, whatever. We're now like, I could sit in a chair if the dog's not wanting to go out. Like I could sit in my chair and write like for three hours straight. And then you get up and the hips are tight and the, the knees are hurting and my back hurts. So, um, you know, going to pull regularly will definitely help with that. Definitely. Yeah. What do you think is an interesting, um, also thing about like trying to balance work mm-hmm. and your physical activity, especially like, obviously it sounds like you really enjoy writing and like mm-hmm. enjoying your writing and being able to get in that rabbit hole and write for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, as a, I don't know if you consider yourself an office worker or like a desk worker, yeah. but that's probably a better word desk worker. Do you have any like tips or tricks for people that are in similar situations on just how to balance that? Like get up and move around. Like I, that's one thing I, I started doing um, like as silly as it sounds like if, you know, my dog more so wants to go out, I, you know, she, she'll, and I think it's more for attention. Like if I'm sitting here not paying attention to her and she'll, you know, I'll be writing for a couple hours and she'll want to go out and she rings a bell to go out. That's on the door. So she ring the bell. I get up. So when she goes out, like I'll like, as silly as it sounds, I'll stand there. If it's nice that I'll go out on the deck and like squat, do squats. My neighbors are probably like, what is she doing? I'll stand there and do like 10 or 20 squats and like touch my toes and stretch, like do stretches like that. So that really helps. Like, you know, when, you know, when you're touching your toe, touching your toes or putting your hands on the ground and your, your spine is like crack, 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 crack all the way down. Like that's, that's a sign that you needed to stretch. I'm a huge stretcher. I love, <laughs> I love stretching. So like, so that's one thing I started doing was anytime or, um, uh, you know, when I was in the, uh, when I was working in an office and, uh, 
Um, I had done CrossFit, which mm, I, that was like, mm, I, I pulled a labrum, a tore a labrum in my hip, but that was a whole other story. Um, but one thing, um, one thing that they did say uh, at one point was like somebody that, that somebody that was going there uh, to the gym, she said that every time she goes to the bathroom at work, she does 10 squats. And I was like, that was like a great idea. So I was, again, my, my, there was only three women in the office. So it didn't really, there's like very rarely you were in the bathroom with someone else. So like, I was like, I would, I would go into the bathroom. I'd like wash my hands. I'd be drying my hands doing like do 10 squats. So by the end of the day, you get, you get a few squats in and it, it keeps you, you know, kind of keeps your hips loose. So, you know, just kind of, you know, when you do get up, do a little, some movements. Wiggle, wiggle. Yeah. I used to work. Um, in banking. And so I, I was like tied to my desk. Yeah. And one of my like saving grace tips is I would set a alarm on my calendar on like a regular interval that would be like, at least stand up. Yeah. I couldn't necessarily like always like walk away right. from my desk, but I could stand up, shake, wiggle, um, basically like just get out of like hip flexion. Yeah. Right. Like of, of that, like seated position for yeah. short periods of time. And then any other kind of like wiggles that you could do yeah, anything throughout throughout the time makes yeah. such a difference I said touching my toes is a big thing or just like like folding forward just kind of doing the hanging there where you hold your elbows and you swing like that because <laughs> it's always an, I in fact I just started last year the year before I started going for regular massages I go for a massage once a month I will like you know take out a second mortgage if I have to to pay for these most massages and because it has made such a difference because just with you know, I tend to sit hunched. Like I said, you know, it's it takes a lot for me to like, remember to, to have proper posture, but sitting at your computer, you're kind of like, you know, like this, like, you know, the, the meme of Kermit the frog, like, and um, especially when you're in the, you know, the words are really flowing, but, um, I, every time I go to her, she's like, and she's like hip neck and shoulders. I'm like neck and shoulders. Like it's, it's always like my neck and shoulders. And when I wasn't going regularly, the poor woman, I mean, her, she probably had cramps in her hands, like trying to, so nothing was ever it was never really helping. It was just kind of putting a bandaid on it. Like it helped me for that moment, but like going regularly that really, it really helps. But just, um, that's why I said like folding forward and just like stretching my spine, um, really, really, really helps. And it's, it's doesn't take a lot of effort and you could do that. Like you're saying you're in banking. You could like, you know, I was, I mean, I was a teller years ago. Like I could back away from my window and like fold forward. You know what I mean? So yeah. like, it doesn't take a whole lot of, um, you know, effort to do it. Definitely. And I feel like people don't, they like discount that because they're like, oh, well, I can't do like a whole yeah. routine or yeah. I don't have a lot of time. Um, but those like little, little moments throughout your day, especially if you can make them be like regular occurrences throughout the day, they add up. And that yeah. like little, you know, like 1% throughout the day adds up to be like a pretty big percent by the yeah. end of like a week or a month or a year, um, as opposed to just being like oh I can't do a whole yoga flow or I yeah. only have th 30 seconds yeah take the 30 seconds yeah. do something with it yeah the other thing that helps me and again it's all about the hips too is uh, my shoulders and hips right um is um squatting and that is one another thing I took away from CrossFit because they used to have us like sit there in a squat like just kind of squat mm. and like push your knees apart and like it really does help you know stretch the hips and and kind of it also helps your lower back, you know, it just kind of helps you, you probably know what it helps more than I do, but like yeah. it helps, it makes me feel good. So, <laughs> yeah. I'll, you know, I'll squat and, and stretch and like whatever. So I do that. I do that throughout the day. I make a point to do it throughout the day because, um, it makes a huge difference. I love it. Yeah. And I love hearing other people say it too, that like are, are living it. Cause I feel like yeah. I can say the same yeah. things like over and over and over yeah. again. And people are like, yeah, but like, that's your job. That's like, your job. You know, yeah. Like, obviously. Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. like, okay. As someone that like job depends on them being at a computer to be able to write, like yeah. having little tips and tricks yeah. that are similar to what I'm saying. I'm like, see, see? it's not just me. Yeah, no, it definitely <laughs> It definitely, definitely helps. It, it's, it's, you know, I've put it into my day. Now it's funny because now the, you're saying you used to set a timer. Now the Apple watches, I don't have one, but like now the Apple watches have the thing on it to breathe and to move. Like if yes. you don't like to, you know, breathe, remember to breathe, like move. And I remember when I worked in the office, the, you know, the guy next to me had an Apple in the cube next to me had an Apple watch and it would like his notification, we'd hear it buzz. I'm like, Oh, time to breathe. You know, <laughs> I 
Yeah. <laughs> time, to, time to move. Time to get the wiggles yeah, in. Get the move. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, and a lot of um, like a lot of people that I work with that have desk jobs, that's like the first thing that we start with is like literally like how can you get out of your chair yep. throughout the day? Yep. Um, and I don't care what you do, just literally like get up and do do something. Do something, yeah. 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 Um, I know you have uh, another appointment shortly. So mm-hmm. do you have any final thoughts, topics, things that you would like to, to chat about? Um, no, uh, not really. Just like, I, you know, the, the pole dance, like give it a try. I mean, if you're out there and you're on the fence, if you have a studio in your area, like definitely give it a try. Cause it, it really, like when I say it changed my life and I mean, that sounds like, you know, all woo woo and silly, but like it has really changed my life. And as somebody who, again, like, and I'm not the only person that like, you're saying like, you know, you're an athlete your whole life. And, you know, and then you get to be an adult. And it's like, what do you do? And like, I mean, especially as a female, I think there's more things for guys. Um, You know, I did play softball for a little while, like in the the rec leagues, of course, you know, once I had kids, I kind of changed. And then my son played baseball. So I was kind of involved with that, like doing at least moving around doing that. But like, as far as um, I did volleyball, at one point, there was a volleyball league at one of the local rec centers. But like, it's, it's, um, you know, it's just different. And, And it took me a while to find, you know, I tried going to the gym, and I just did not enjoy that. I didn't enjoy I don't enjoy walking. I hate running. I absolutely hate it. Like, and I mean, I'm so jealous of people that I see running and they, they look so peaceful and like Zen about it. And I'm just like, I'm like the person that's like, <sighs> like, I just can't. And when I tore my labrum in my hip, I went, I had to have surgery on it. It was like torn. And, um, I went and the doctor, he was, he was a like a, a tall, thin guy, but he was probably like six, four. He was really tall. And he, when I, I was saying like when I was healed and he's like, I said something about running and he's like, don't run. And he's like, we are not built to run. He's like, you see the people that are winning the, the, um, the marathons and stuff like they're not built like us, like do not run, like walk, ride a bike, do anything else, do not run. So I hate running. And so, you know, what are you left with? And so I've tried, you know, I did yoga, but the pole dance has really kept my attention and I really, really enjoy it because it's something different every time. And there's different things you can do. And there's always different levels to kind of climb to, no pun intended, but (laughs) you know, different levels to climb to, but, um, and I'm still working to get back to that level I was at pre pandemic and, uh, you know, mentally I'm there physically. It's like, Oh no, 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 no. (laughs) What's happening here. (laughs) Yeah. There's, there's a few things that with your journey that I hear a lot from people, it's like trying other sports as an adult or other like ways of moving as an adult and not finding like something that sticks and then trying pole dance specifically because they're like, I tried other forms of dance and it was like, man, but there's something about pole, like something about it that just like hooks, hooks people in. Um, and, and then also just want, like kind of want to end cause I, you're not the only person that like pre pandemic to post pandemic, yeah. their journeys look very different. Yeah. Um, and just like to remind people that when you first started pole, you were you weren't like necessarily prepared to do all of the things and if you can do something once I'm a very firm believer that you can do it again so if you're willing to put in the time and the effort and kind of check the ego of like having to restart to some degree like patience and consistency you'll get back there yeah yeah that's that's the hard thing like I said it's the mental thing like where you just mentally you think you can do it and then physically you're like "Mm, nope uh -uh, that's not happening Yeah. Which, which can be really hard to, to sit with. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of like thoughts and feelings that can come up with like, yeah. Oh God, I wasted all that effort yeah. and that time. And I used to be able to, but, yeah. um, just. Yeah. And so that's the thing that's hard about working at your home studio is that like, I, t- I know I do anyway, I tend to do the things I can do. Like I tend to do the things that I, I already know how to do. So that's why, why it's really another reason it's good to go to class because they're going to be doing things you don't necessarily want to do or, um, pushing you to do things you don't want to do, <laughs> you know, you know, you know, so it's like, we're at home, I'm doing, you know, this, that, and the other, oh yeah, I'll do this or I'll do like climbing. Like I climb, you know, I was climb with my, I start off with my right leg forward, but then to cl- start with your left leg forward, you know, do the other side. Like I'm like the other side sucks and I don't like doing that. So I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Which I think is something worth just like knowing about yourself. Like there's nothing, um, uh-huh. 
like there's a lot of people that like home polling they're like super disciplined and they'll do all of the things but if you know you're not that type of person mm-hmm. this like recognizing that is a huge first step and then being like I my as a person need to go to the studio I need to be around p- other people yeah. um and that's yeah kind of what you need so I'm excited for you to get yeah get back yeah. and it sounds like yeah. you have a really great studio that you're gonna go back to so yeah it is a great suit to get back to great friends it's it's been it's been great and that's why again that that was the inspiration behind the the peaches and pole series is um you know kind of kind of you know putting it in putting on paper and like you know hopefully people will realize it's you know i i i say that it's inspired by real people so um you know now the the book the one that's coming the book that's going to be coming out um it's titled goddess in training and she is a uh 44 year old uh divorced woman um so she's a little bit older, um, you know, doing her, her pole journey and, and, but kind of the same, again, the same thing, you know, like, and, and it is one, one other thing that's interesting is, um, hanging around with the, the younger, the younger generation, the younger, the younger people. I always said, I'm like, I will never stop hanging around with you guys because you have so much, um, so much, you know, information for me, for, uh, my books, as far as relationships and cause things have changed. I mean, th- you know, you know, I, things are changing. Things have changed since the nineties and like whatever, what's going on now, you know, between internet dating, online dating and, and, and everything else. And, uh, you know, what the, uh, the heroine of this book is finding, like at first she was out there exploring, as we say, after being married for 20 years and is kind of like loving it. And then it's like, Oh, this really sucks. <laughs> so like, you know what? I'm not doing it anymore after, you know, a year of doing it. And they're like, mm, told you so, you know, kind of like, so, so it's, been, it's, it's, it's great. Yeah, oh, it's gosh. been great. I love that. I love it for two reasons because I feel like we can all like romanticize our lives a little bit more than we we do. And yeah. if you think about your life, like if someone were to write about your journey, like if Tina were to write about like my journey, like that makes me want to live my life a little bit differently. Like I kind of want to, you know, put myself yeah. out there a little bit more. Um, and then the other thought uh, like made me giggle is I've been married for eight years. and I've been with my husband for 10 years. Mm-hmm. The idea of re-entering the dating field now as like you know like I'm in my like almost mid 30s and like internet dating was like just starting when I met my husband like I tinder was like kind of a Mm. thing and I yeah oh my god I'm like overwhelmed thinking about it no thank you I'll be single forever if we get divorced no thank you I yeah I I you know it's it's funny my husband and I we were married 31 years this last September and we've been together since I'm 18. And I, you know, and I said like, yeah, because we dated three years before that. And I'm like, it's really funny because I have said to him for years, you can't die or divorce me because I am never going out there again. And I'm like, and, and it's it's funny because an old friend of mine um, in one that was in my writer's group, um, she used to say, and she was older than me and she was divorced. And she used to say um, she was just done with guys. She dated for a while after a divorce. And she's like, they either want a nurse or a purse. She's like, they want somebody to take care of them or they want somebody to support them. And she's like, and I don't want to do either. I can, I can be by myself. I'm fine. And you know, my friends and family. So it was just interesting, but no, I would never go back out there. Cause I see my sister-in-law out in the, the dating world and you know, she's my age and she's just like, and I'm just like, and now she's at the point she's been doing it so long that like, she doesn't even expect it to work out. So I'm like, well, like you already have that negativity going on, like before you get there. And I'm just like, yeah, God love you because no, uh-uh, I won't do it. I won't do it. No. So it's been interesting, like listening to them and, 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 and whatnot, um, uh, hearing their, their journeys and, and, uh, you know, hearing, hearing about, you know, like I was asking them, like, what would make you like, what, what would make you break up with someone? Like if you're with this guy that's, you know, not treating you well, but you've been dealing with it for years, what is the final straw that makes you break up with them? Cause I see, I wouldn't have put up with that, what he was doing in the first place. <laughs> Cause then again, I've heard all their stories and I'm like, really, you put up with that, but you're so da da da. you're beautiful and you're confident and strong, and da, but whatever. Yeah. So it's, it's a whole, it's a whole, it's a whole, other, yeah. a whole new world out there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Some of the, the stories that I hear, like here, like being like on TikTok primarily because people like will have like story oh, times yeah, on yeah, TikTok. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm just like watching it yeah. being like, what, it, like what is happening out there? Like, oh my God. Well, even now there's the Facebook page that I just saw and I saw it on TikTok. There's a Facebook group that it's like, am I dating your boyfriend? And like, it's a Facebook yes. group that you could go on and upload the picture of the guy you're dating and people. And I'm like, to see if you're dating the same person as somebody else. I'm like, this is horrible. 
How do people have the energy? That's my question. For a lot of the shenanigans that happen, I'm like, how do you have How do you have the energy to do this? Exactly. So it's been, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. But uh, yeah, so I'll just write my romance novels and... I love it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start romanticizing my own life. There you so go. That if you want to, if I decide to, to write Emily's story, will be like, yeah, yeah, she'll be. It'll be more exciting. Good. Well, I only take the, I only is. take the good bits and pieces, or some of the bad bits and pieces, just so it could become good, um, and uh, and do that, you know. But I yeah, love it. I love it. I love it. Well, I'm super excited. Yeah. I'm in the middle of Thick Girls Poll. I. Um, I'm obsessed with it so far, so I will definitely like yeah be keeping you in the the loop on my thoughts, and then I'm really excited awesome. to start the Carolina Waves, um, the that whole series now that I'm like in the middle of I'm like I like your writing style, oh my gosh, super exciting. Where can people find you if they're interested in the in any of your content books? My books are available on Amazon. They're my eBooks are exclusive to Amazon. Um, if you want paperbacks, they're on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and I also sell signed copies through my website, which is uh, TinaGallagherBooks.com. Score. Yeah. And then you have an Instagram. I do have an Instagram. Uh, my Instagram and my TikTok are, and my Facebook page are Tina Gallagher author. Okay. Yeah. Score. So amazing to chat with you. And we talked about like a wide range of topics. So I'm super excited for this um, podcast episode to come out. Please reach out to Tina. If you have any like questions about anything we talked about, purchase her books. They're amazing. Um, And I will catch you in the next one. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks so much, Emily. Editing Emily here. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Tina Gallagher. I had a lot of fun chatting with her. Um, I will link all of Tina's information in the show notes, so please be sure to check her out on social media. And then if you are looking for a fun read-a-book, as I call them, as opposed to a learn-a-book with poll themes, definitely recommend checking out the Thick Girls Poll series, and I will catch you in the next episode. Bye!